Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I say good morning, everybody. Good morning. Happy New Year to you. How are you doing? Doing okay? I am too. If you're here for the very first time, raise your hand so we can see you. Woohoo! Look at that! Look at that! If you're new and you're here from Eastern Temple, raise your hand. Yay! Awesome. Uh, my name is Jackie Lewis. I'm the senior minister of Middle Church. Um, Rabbi Josh Stanton is my amazing colleague and our host. If you're new to us out there in the cyber world, we're so glad you found us. Um, we hope that you'll come back and be with us as often as you can. Uh, welcome home. Welcome home to Middle Church. So we are celebrating, honoring the life and ministry of Martin Luther King Jr. today. Uh, we've got amazing music. Um, Josh and I are leading worship together. Our whole staff team is so glad you're here. After worship, we're going to have food and a talk back. Does anybody want to do the detail on that so I don't get it wrong, Natalie? <laughs> it is talk back first, or no, it's food first, food first, right after worship. Go on down to the social hall. If you have registered, you should have a picture of your negative COVID test that you can show. If you didn't happen to remember to do that or did not have one, we have those downstairs. And you will see Gloria, I think, for those. And then at 1.30, we will come here and start the talk back. So you should maybe show up a little few minutes early so that we can start right on time. And we'll be live streaming both of these things out for everyone. I think that's I it. I think you did that very well. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. So take a breath. Thank you for masking. Thank you for keeping each other safe. Thank you for coming today. We don't have church if you don't come. And we're going to invite you to stand and sing with us our opening hymn, which is Amazing Grace. Yes, please do.
morning, everyone. Oh, so good to see everybody today. Well, first of all, my name is Perrin, and I am a fashion designer. Cool, right? I think so. <laughs> so one thing that I love to do as a fashion designer is make beautiful garments with fabric. In fact, Dr. King once said that we are all connected in a single garment of destiny. That means that whatever happens to one of us happens to all of us. We are all connected by love. So today, I want to share with you all a thing that I love the most about being a designer, and that's fabric. So, can anybody tell me what this is in the shape of? A heart. Looks like it, right? So what does the symbol of a heart stand for? Love. Love, you got it. I like your mask, by the way. I can see your face. Oh, that's a cool design. <laughs> so chic. So yes. So I want each of you to have a heart today. I want you to keep it and remember that as a reminder that you all are connected in a network of love. You can use these hearts as patches, kind of like what I have here. You can put it on a jacket, on a t-shirt, you can ask a grown-up to help you pin it on or sew it. Anybody know how to sew around here? You know how to sew? Oh, maybe you'll learn one day. <laughs> well, that's cool. So think about the people in your network and how you all are connected. Any, does anybody know what a network of people is? Like maybe in your community, their friends, family? Can you name anybody that's in a, a network of your family? My sister. Absolutely right. That's right. Absolutely. I'd, I'd like to think of my mom in my network. Oh, you, go ahead. Um, my mom and dad. Oh, fantastic. That's a wonderful network. Oh. My grandma. Oh, I love that one too. Oh, yes. So use these hearts as a reminder to connect with all the people in your network because we are all connected by love. Okay? Does everybody have a heart? I hope I didn't run out. We're all good. <laughs> Wonderful. Let's see a humba to our chairs. <laughs> So I'd like to, ev to invite everyone to rise or rise in spirit as I take a Torah out of the ark, because you are at church in a synagogue. One of the most important lines of our Torah is lo bashamayim hi, it is not in heaven. Or perhaps more aptly, it is not just in heaven. This is our connection between the world that might one day be and the world as it is.
And what keeps us from turning the Torah into an idol is the way we walk the walk of justice together as communities of faith, communities gathered together. And I have to tell you what pains me on many a king day is the black and white photo of Maurice Eisendrath or Abraham Joshua Heschel or any number of other rabbis who walked with the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And we hold up that photo with kind of the iconography of the Torah and say, nope, we did it. We walked with King. We were absolved from any further responsibility to deal with structural racism. We were absolved with any other responsibility to deal with injustice in the world. Look, that dude was a rabbi. He walked with an incredible reverend. Here we are. That turns the living word of God into idol worship. And what we are here to do is to make sure that we do not take God's wise words in vain, but instead live them out together as a community, understanding that we can do two things and more at once. It's not either fight anti-Semitism or racism, but fighting anti-Semitism and racism together at the same time. It is in some ways like this space. Right now, are we in a church or a synagogue or a church in a synagogue? Sometimes you can do both. And that is the essence of middle church at its best. It is a both and. It believes in collective liberation. It believes in what is possible when we deny false premises, when we refuse to accept people who try to drive us apart, when we fight white supremacy as a scourge that plagues us all, when we understand this document is alive, when we come together. May we come together to study, to learn, and to act in righteousness and hope, making very clear that the words in here and the march that Dr. King marched is not over yet. Amen. Thank you, Rabbi. And now will you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray? Whatever language you know, whatever version you know, we have a version in our bulletins if you like that one. Will you pray with me? Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done.
Amen, amen. And now it's come that point where we pass the peace with each other, remembering that COVID is still a thing, or there are other things out there also that people may have some boundaries that they would like for you to respect. So you can do this, this, this. If hugging is your thing, you can do that too. May the peace of God be with you. If you don't know them, this is called the band. Yes. And for those of you who don't know, it's a collaborative effort with uh, East End Temple in the House and East End Temple in the House.
Well, I went down to the when you when your deacons and elders and stuff be singing. That's what's happening at Middle Church today. Thank you, choir. Woo! Thank you, band. John Del Cueto. Thank you. All right. Just to take a moment um, on the way into this sermon to thank my friend Josh for being for being such a good human, such a good friend, such a good leader, and all of our friends at Easton Temple who've made this a home away from home. We are so thankful to you. I think it's really fitting today that our, our scripture lesson comes from the Torah. I'm reading from Deuteronomy and from Leviticus. Uh, the first text is Deuteronomy 6, uh, verses 1 through 9. And these are the codes that God gave to the people for living in a holy relationship with God and with each other. And listen to this text. It'll be very familiar. Now this is the commandment, the statutes, and the ordinances that the Lord your God charged me to teach you to observe in the land that you are about to cross into and occupy <clears throat> so that you and your children and your children's children may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life and keep God's decrees and God's commandments that I am commanding you so that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, O Israel, the Shema, and observe them diligently so that it may go well with you and so that you may multiply greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Keep these words that I'm commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. And the second text is just one verse, Leviticus chapter 19, verses 18. Hold no grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Well, God is the Lord. <laughs> this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you say a prayer with me, please? God, here we are gathered together in this place, um, being moved by your spirit in the song, in the prayers, in the teachings. And we ask that as we continue to listen for a word for our hearts, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Friends, I can't, I can't unsee. I can't unsee Keenan Anderson, face twisted in fear, 
elbow on neck, arms outreached, manipulated by officers of the peace. Help, help, please, please. They're trying to George Floyd me, he said. Tased over and over again, not from a distance, taser on the body, delivering the current like a paddle to the heart, only this stopped his heart. Four hours later, George floyded indeed. I can't unsee the defiant look in Chauvin's eyes, the casualness of hands and pockets as life leaves George Floyd's body. I can't unsee Aubrey running, hunted, killed. I can't unsee the devastating tragedy of the Tree of Life synagogue and the shooting there. I can't unsee Michael's dead body on the hot asphalt, Rodney's arms no shoulder from the over and over again landing of blows on his black body in a California highway. I can't unsee gas-masked peace officers on horseback charging on innocent marchers, beating them, trampling them, bones broken, heads cracked open. Dogs snapping, biting children, hoses turned on children, bombs destroying churches and the children praying there. I can't unsee Martin's still warm body, fallen body, shot dead, surrounded by friends, killed by an enemy. One man pulls the trigger, but King is dead, casualty to the disease we have not cured. The mutating, adaptive, resilient, shape-shifting, virulent disease from which America has not recovered. An endemic, persistent disease called white supremacy. Our nation's history is founding on stolen land, its construction by stolen enslaved bodies, its systems designed to oppress and disenfranchise anyone not white, male, Christian, straight, and wealthy. Its economy, healthcare, housing, education, law, courts, all super spreaders ultimately indiscriminate. Indigenous folk, Asians, Latinx, Hispanic, immigrants, Jews, Muslims, the poor, queer folks, disabled folks, trans folks, women, all vulnerable. And white supremacy will take you out. Black people, like me, perhaps the most vulnerable, it White supremacy keeps on killing us. I was so sad yesterday, so overwhelmed with the images of, of the death of Kenan, so tired, so sad, I could hardly write. I could hardly write this sermon. So angry, so sick of the sight of black bodies. It just keeps on killing. It just keeps on killing. I saw a story of a police chase where the police used a, a 
tactic that they have? Well, they'll flip the car over to make sure you stop driving. And inside the car were two children, two black children, and one of them died. Because somebody was driving too damn fast. I'm tired. And when white supremacy takes any of us out, when it kills our bodies, stones our bodies, maims our bodies, hunts our bodies, tases our bodies to death, it causes soul sickness to the perpetrator and to the observer, to our entire nation. White supremacy is sickening. And America is sick with it. Y'all don't hear me. Honoring a dead civil rights leader's birthday won't cure it. Taking a few classes won't contain it. Having two or three black friends won't inoculate you from it. The only cure for hatred like this is love, period. Dr. King said, darkness can't drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hatred can't drive out hatred. Only love can do that. And that brings us to these two texts about love. Those of us in the room who are Christian are familiar with these texts because Jesus quotes this. Jesus, the Jew. Hear me when I say, <laughs> Yeshua, Joseph's boy, Mary's child, the Jew, the rabbi, is asked, not by Christians, because Christians don't exist, is asked by other Jewish people, what's the most important commandment? Tell us what it is. And Jesus, who is Jewish, pulls together two texts from his Torah, two texts from the Jewish scriptures. Love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God with everything you have. This in Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 9, the holiness codes, a series of texts teaching God's people who are new to a land and trying to find a way to be a people, here's how we're going to relate to each other. Here's how we're going to relate to me, your God, so we can be holy and whole. This is a passage on relationships. How do we treat the poor? How do we treat the disenfranchised? How do we treat the stranger, how do we treat the rich people? Because God wants everyone to feel included and connected. How do we treat your neighbor is a testimony to your holiness, to your wholeness. And no one is to hate any brother or sister, no matter who they love, how they look, how much money they make, what they do for a living. Nobody is to be hated, not any sibling to be hated. And all the world's major religions have this same kind of teaching. The Jewish text, do um, love your neighbor as yourself. Or more often, you shall love the stranger because you were once strangers in a strange land. Islam says, don't withhold from anyone that which you need for yourself. Christianity says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And the, our Sikh family, you might say Sikh, but they say Sikh. Our Sikh family says, don't do anything to break anyone's heart. Mm -hmm. 
oh my God, what if that's how we lived our lives? Don't do anything to break anyone's heart. What they're all talking about is something that predates religion, and that is in the cradle of civilization, which is in Africa. Hello, everybody from Africa. <laughs> Welcome. Yes, that's right, baby. Yes, yay. All of us, all of us coming from that first mother, that first woman in Africa, the people in that world are Zulu people. They speak, they speak, um, they speak Zulu, um, and they have a philosophy called Ubuntu. Ubuntu. It says Ubuntu in Ubuntu in Gabantu. I learned that so I can impress you. Ubuntu in Gabuntu in Gabantu. A human is a human through other humans. There's no single word for human. You can't be human all by your damn self in this context. Um, I am who I am because you are who you are. To quote a certain movie, you complete me. My thriving and your thriving are tied together. As Perrin told us, Dr. King says, we're woven together in a mutual garment of existence. I can never fully be who I am until you're fully who you are. All of us are connected so that if there is a thirsty child in Jackson, Mississippi, my throat is parched. If there is a Chinese auntie being dissed, my heart is broken. If anti-Semitism is happening to our siblings, it's happening to us. And when Mr. Man can't breathe, when Kenan and Aubrey and Brianna, when they can't breathe, we're not breathing either. That's what Ubuntu means. Ruby Sales, a civil rights runner for justice. Hi, Ruby, if you're watching. Is one of my mentors and one of my mamas. Ruby grew up in the Southwood, what she called spiritual geniuses, a village of black people who taught her black folks religion and told her that no matter what happened to her, no matter, no matter what happened to her, no matter how much oppression came her way, nobody could make her hate people unless she chose to. So she used to sing a song, I love everybody, I love everybody in my heart. Her freedom, her liberation was that she could choose to love. People like Ruby, people like my dad, people who grew up in Jim Crow, Mississippi, they got every right to hate some white people if they want to. Let me take a drink on that. <laughs> but she doesn't, and they don't. John Lewis didn't, Dr. King didn't. They learned that love was their powerful weapon that they had in the midst of oppressive situations. This is what Ubuntu is. I'm going to love you despite you. I'm going to love you and see the best in you. I'm going to see you better than you see yourself. And that's what I call fierce love. It's bold love. It's brave love. It's lay down my self-interest so we can have a self-interest together love. It's mutuality. It's pointing ourselves at our common enemy, which is white supremacy that wants to imprison and shackle all of us to chains of poor relating. One of my favorite rabbis, uh, Daniel Hartman uh, in Jerusalem, says, an ethical life, a moral life, is learning how to see. 
an ethical life, a moral life is learning how to see. Learning how to see that I am because you are. Learning how to see that your thriving is my thriving. Learning how to see that your grandmother's health care relates to my son's education loans, relates to my granddaughter's future, relates to our Jewish siblings thriving. Learning how to see and to see the hard, the hard thing that broke my heart yesterday, that kept me crying. We've got to look straight at the oppression, straight at the evidence of derision, straight at the broken nation in which we find ourselves so we can make it well. We can't squint and pretend that we don't see what we see. We have to look right at it and see your sibling suffering and see that everyone is your kin, and all of us are a part of each other, one human organism, breathing and pulsing, breathing and pulsing, separated by the fake barrier of skin. We are one. We are absolutely one. <coughs> Dr. King says we are woven in a garment of destiny. And I'm saying to you, friends, that this is our calling. Our calling isn't just to quote Dr. King in this time of year and think about we shall overcome and think about the content of character and all of our children dancing and singing together. That's awesome. But our calling is to be a laboratory of love, a risk-taking, bold laboratory of love where we go outside of the lines of what's comfortable for us where we practice new ways of being, where we let go of our assumptions, where we cross boundaries and make new borders and new norms, where we live with rule-breaking kindness, understanding that the power we lay down, someone else can pick up and it will change their life. To live with ferocious courage enough every day, every day, like we floss our teeth, to dare to stand up against what is harmful to our neighbor and understand and they're coming for him, they're coming for you next. To live with ferocious courage. There's some beautiful stories to tell about our civil rights long distance runners, John Lewis, Martin King, Ella Baker. I wanna talk about Edna Benitez. I wanna talk about Edna Benitez. A Puerto Rican lesbian who saw her country, her city, her territory devastated by Maria and raised more money than I can describe to send there for clean water and to make a better way and learned how to fix the roofs of houses herself. I want to talk about Edna Benita. I want to talk about Deborah Berg McCarthy and and Peter Mulcahy, I want to talk about Danita Branham and those who started and maintained Butterfly, who make sandwiches and take them to the park so hungry people can eat. They don't think about feeding people, they feed people. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about Susan and Claudia and Yusuf, who, when watching our building burn down, did not feel sorry for themselves. In fact, then took people shopping because the women had been smoked out of their home. I want to talk about that. And there's so many stories about you, middle family, doing amazing justice and love in the world. I want to talk about that. I don't want us stuck on the Pettus Memorial Bridge. I want us making bridges to tomorrow where the world needs us. And I want to talk about Josh Stanton. 
I want to talk about a rabbi whose own personal story takes him to the Holocaust. And I want to talk about how he walked the walk and threw the doors of this temple open so that a Christian church could have a home in which to live. I want to talk about that. I want us to love like that. I want us to love like Edna. I want us to love like Butterfly. I want us to love like those warriors who took care of the other when we were burning down. And I want us to love like Josh. I want us to love like this. I want us to love like where we're willing to take a hike, a subway, a car, to walk to the place where the people next to you don't look like you. I want us to love like that. I want us to love like this is the training ground for the world we want. This beautiful space of all kinds of mixed upness. I want us to love like that. Love this way. See what's broken and try to fix it. Love this way. See who's hurt and tend for their wounds. Love this way. Take a risk, cross the street, learn new music, read new books, baptize yourself in the culture of the other, learn something, do something, try something, so we can change something together. May it be so. Good afternoon, Middle Church family. I'm so glad to be here today because it is Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday celebration. And more than 60 years ago, I'm privileged to have met this great man. The year 1959. My name is Alan Singleton. And I have been a member for the past eight years. Of all the churches in this world, I'm glad there is Middle Collegiate. For me, it was love at first visit. <laughs> the warmth and love generated throughout the church was immediately felt. Like today, there was beautiful music sung by the choir. After listening to a fantastic sermon given by the Reverend Dr. Jackie Lewis, I became so intoxicated with the exuberance of the message that I knew there would be a return visit. At the end of worship, Jackie was at the door greeting people as they left. As she greeted me, I told her it was my first time at Middle, how much I enjoy the worship server. She gave me the warmest hug 
and asked how I found out about middle and would I be returning. Not only did I return after about two months or less, I joined Middle Collegiate Church. Thank you, Charles Randolph Wright, for introducing me to Middle Church. There is so much more I could say regarding Middle, but that would necessitate a lengthy dissertation <laughs> to detail everything. Suffice to say that I have found love, unconditional love, revolutionary love here at Middle. I love Middle's outreach to the community, the sick, the poor, indigent, etc. There are many programs for all members of the church to include seniors and children. Personally, I am a member of New Adventures, a senior citizen group, and we meet weekly. Now your gifts of service and treasure are what makes a movement move. If you love middle like I do, please give generously. You can scan the QR code on the screen for Vimo or go to middlechurch.org slash donate to give online. Also, please complete a three-year pledge to the Middle Rising campaign. Now, if you really love Middle like I do, why not join the church? It's easy. Just go to middlechurch.org join to become a member and sign up for a new members class online to get to know you better. That's all. What could be easier? <laughs> I love you, Middle. Thank you. Right? You don't know me, but I'm a child. 
God sounds like a jazz harmonica. <laughs> and God looks like this little bit of God's reign right here now in the present tense, not in the hereafter, not to come, built by our gifts, built by our hands, built by our love. God is present whenever we love. Amen. Amen. If you'll remain standing and join us in our closing hymn.
shoes do we need to throw shoes at all of you? <laughs> amazing. Woo, amazing. Thank you, John. Thank you, Dion. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, choir. <laughs> yeah. This is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a love laboratory. I'm talking about a multi-gendered, mini-sexuality, multi-ethnic, interfaith, intergenerational, where the babies are singing and the old cute guys are inviting you to join the movement. <laughs> I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you as the change we seek. I'm talking about you as the love that's incarnate. You are the ones we've been waiting for. Oh my God, you're here. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're here. Say, you're here. I'm not kidding, that's a black church thing. Turn, say, you're here. You're here. You're here. You're here. That's all I need to know. <laughs> and you will give me strength. <laughs> and you will give me hope. <laughs> all right, that's enough, Les Miserables. OK. Go in the world. Don't forget what you experience here. Take it with you to the streets, to the boardroom, to the classroom, to the dinner table, to the bedroom. I'm serious. <laughs> Make fierce, revolutionary love everywhere you go. That's how we're going to heal the world. So there's food and then talk. Is that right, Natalie? Got it right? OK. Food, talk, food, talk, food, talk. If you're not doing food, we're talking at 1.30, OK? I love you so much. I'm going to hug you at the door. Woo!